morning, everyone. Would you join me in a word of prayer? The grass will fade and the flowers will wither, but the word of our Lord will endure forever. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our heart would be pleasing to you, that you would be lifted up in the proclamation of your word. Lord, as we reflect on this meal that points us to your sacrificial death, may we hear what you want to speak to us today. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, it is uh, good to be together again, and for those who may be new, my name is Phil, the lead pastor here, and uh, grateful to, to be able to worship together. Welcome to those who are joining us online. Uh, Brendan Manning is a well-known speaker and writer who has since passed, and he, he loved to speak about the cross and about the grace of, of Jesus. That was his main sermon, main message, and he tells a great story about an experience he had while preaching the gospel. I may have shared this with a couple of you before, but I think it's a really good starting point for us today. He was preaching about grace, and he noticed at the back of the sanctuary that there were two nuns sitting there, and one of them uh, wasn't able to hear very well. Her hearing aid wasn't working, and she yelled very loudly to her friend, what is he saying? I can't hear him. What is he saying? And, and her friend, the other nun, trying to get her attention, yelled very loudly, oh, it's just the same old baloney. It's just the same old stuff. And, uh, and Brendan Manning reflects on this moment when he, when he says, when did the gospel of Jesus Christ become just the same old stuff? <laughs> that same old thing we've heard over and over again. And friends, there is a danger that we become so familiar with the story that it loses its power and it loses its wonder. It just becomes that same old thing today. We're going to encounter a very familiar story today. We've heard this story recited over and over again as we come to the Lord's table. We're going to ask this fundamental question, why did Jesus go to the cross? And while it is familiar to us uh, who have been raised in the church, I, I hope that we would have uh, an open heart to the wonder of it and maybe some new layers and depth to Jesus' sacrificial death. death. There is also over-familiarity uh, over in our culture. Those who are, who are maybe new to the faith or maybe just listening in, you, you likely have heard this narrative of how Jesus died for our sins. Uh, the cross is a, a common symbol. Celebrities wear it. Can we come with some openness today to be surprised again at the wonder of this meal and what it points to? Jesus comes today with a desire for us to be open to good news. I, I've rarely preached on Luke's version of the story, and there's some new angles that I, I've seen in the story that uh, have opened up to me just how big this is, the, the depth of what Christ accomplishes on the cross. This is what, what I noticed in, in our reading today. Uh, Jesus says in verse 15, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover meal with you. Can you hear the desire that Jesus has, that he comes to this moment with? Now, there's something really interesting grammatically here where you would almost, almost be better to translate this. He desiringly desired to eat this meal with, uh, with the disciples. It's these two words repeated, epithumia, epithumasa, a powerful word of desire. It's emphasizing how much he wants us to hear what he's about to say. 
This word epithumia, surprisingly, is the word translated for lust in the New Testament. It gets at this intensity. And so may we come with open, receptive hearts to a God who desiringly desires you to hear something today, something very significant about what his death accomplishes for you and for our world. I believe that this story about a man who died on a cross 2,000 years ago is a central story, the center of human history that speaks to our hopes and longing for what life is really supposed to be. Now, sometimes we do tell a very simple story of the cross, and I don't want to lose the simplicity of it, but I want to discover the layers and complexity and depth of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. It is common to say that Jesus, through his sacrificial death, died for our sins, and because of that, we can be forgiven. And that is true, and we're going to focus on that, but there are some depths here that I I want to unpack as we look at this text. And what I'd like to do is organize our thoughts around three aspects of what Jesus wants us to know about the cross, three layers of meaning to what his death accomplishes for us. The first thing I I notice in this text is that Jesus' sacrificial death leads to our freedom. He understood what he accomplished on the cross as something that freed us from the wages of sin and, and death, but also from the powers that seem insurmountable, that seem overwhelming. Jesus is victorious over those powers and desires to set us free. Now, we notice that this is the Passover meal that Jesus eagerly desired to celebrate. And what he does is he reinterprets this meal to point to his death and his sacrificial time on the cross. Now, the Passover points back to the Exodus story. It was what Jewish people celebrated to remember how God set them free from their slavery and the oppression in Egypt. On the Passover, he brought down judgment on the Egyptians and spared the Israelites and set them on a trajectory towards freedom. And Jesus sees his death as ushering in this new exodus, this new deliverance from those things that oppress us. Back in Luke 9, he he begins to foreshadow this and, and hint at this. In Luke 9.31, this is during the transfiguration moment, it said they spoke about Jesus' departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Now, this word departure in the Greek language is the word exodus, exodus. Luke is beginning already to interpret Jesus' actions in Jerusalem. His death is fulfilling a new exodus. And so this is how N.T. Wright connects this for us in his commentary. He says this, Jesus has come to do for Israel and the whole world what God did through Moses and Aaron in the first exodus. When the powers of evil were at their worst, God acted to judge Egypt and to save Israel. You see, there, there are so many metaphors about the cross that one, one image can't capture the depth of it. And a common one that we sometimes don't speak about enough that is very prominent in the scripture is that what Jesus accomplishes on the cross is a victory over the powers of evil. Over the powers of evil. 
Now, this is Paul in Colossians, and we'll notice in in Paul's two sentences here, he actually uses three different metaphors or images of the cross. It's like this is so big that one image isn't enough, and I, I want you to notice what Paul says. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Now we notice in this statement that one image, one metaphor isn't enough for Paul. He talks about how through Jesus' death and the resurrection, he brought new life, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. It it filled us with new life. It also paid for the the debt, debt that we owe of our sin, and that's the common metaphor that we use, the ransom image that God was a ransom, paying for a cost we could not pay ourselves. But notice this third image, that Jesus also disarms the power of evil, triumphing over them on the cross. By connecting himself to this Passover meal, Jesus is is saying that he is going to accomplish something that will free us from those powers. The various Egypts in our life that that are oppressing or weighing us down. And so the question I want to pose to you today is where do you need an exodus in your life? Do some of us today need an exodus from some patterns and sin in our life that feels too